previously on the Lineage of Moonreach. The gang got into a little bit of a kerfuffle uh, with some confusing uh, dichotomies of how the uh, the Rothian queen was showing up and how there were some veiled Lineage ships. The Tomar, Pinwin, Ura, and Gorbel returned from Wirecrag, and just as Gorbel was about to bond with her blade... A voice whispered from her necklace, forward or backward. She chose forward, and she was in the plane of he who sits on the throne of vines. As the throne crumbled, it revealed a golden sword, the very same golden sword that belonged to Gorbel's father that she saw in the vision. The D20 Syndicate presents The Lineage of Moonreach. Welcome back to the D20 Syndicate Podcast. Boo! <laughs> Boo! Spooky, scary. Spooky! We have a we have a different seating arrangement now. Seth is now sitting like Six feet in front of Michaela, like directly in front. <laughs> like they the, won't let us sit next to each other. Like they're in elementary because school. of hand stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, quit doing hand stuff on screen. No, <laughs> it's Zoom. It's video. We can see it, but now you she, can't see it under the table. Now she has one of those long painters poles that extend and has like a weird hand with like the little it. the little tiny hand that like what's your face uses yeah. on SNL. Yes, <laughs> I uh, I hate it, but I'm willing to work through it. Um, so yeah, we're a Dungeons and Dragons 5e actual play podcast. I am your host and DM Seth and around the table of the internet, we have our players. I'm Billy and today I'll be playing Scalandor. I'm Tomas and I play Rudukash Zuwai. And I'm Michaela and I play Doreen. And I don't you'll like notice, that. <laughs> I don't either. You'll notice that. Hold on, one, one for the, one for me. And I'm Michaela, and I play Gorble. Except not this time. Yeah. Thank God. She, she can edit it out. It's fine. I won't edit that out. <laughs> and I play Gorble sometimes. <laughs> so uh, Lindsay will be sitting out this episode, but Tomas will be sitting out the next episode, and it'll make sense. So they're sitting don't out, but they're listening in. And you may notice that they have different character names, and that is because we are going to be uh, doing a, a little uh, side story here, and uh, it's going to be a, in the theme of the season, a little, perhaps a little bit spooky. So let's put on our listening ears and our m- imagination hats, all of you, and uh, let's uh, let's find out a little bit uh, more about what else is going on in the world. I'm going to preface this by saying that this episode i'm gonna only roll dice through the dnd beyond dice rolling app feature <laughs> just a little experiment I, yeah i'm gonna test it out see how it works um normally i'm a huge dice whore and i have all my dice behind me on this bed but since i'm playing a new guy doesn't feel right just gonna try do the digital thing so if i just suck the whole time that blame that's on beyond. dnd beyond yeah well, I'm going to keep rolling old faithful and piece of shit here and we'll see what happens. 
it's been consistently bad. So ones and threes, baby. Consistently bad. All right. Do you guys want to do an around the campfire question? Is there one that would matter or make sense to what we're doing? No. Um, <laughs> so let's just let's never mind. Answer my own question. Sorry. I mean, we could describe what we look like and who we are and stuff. Yes. Uh, uh, let's do that. Let's go ahead and go around. We'll do it in the in the order that we usually uh, do our intros. So we'll start with Billy, and then we'll end with. I almost called you Gorbel. We'll end with Michaela. That's me. A physical description would probably suffice if you want to offer any like personality information you can, but you can keep it as vague as you want. As I stated, I'm Billy and I'll be playing Scalandor. Scalandor is a goblin. Uh, he was imprisoned for many, many years. He's actually lost count of how long he was imprisoned, but he was imprisoned from a very young age for being part of what was purported to be nefarious uh, dealings uh, with a coup, you could say. And uh, he's just kind of a broken spirit, uh, but he still clings to one sense of purpose. And with his newfound freedom, he doesn't really know what to do with it. Very nice. Uh, Tomas, why don't you tell me about your character? So my character is named Rukash. He is a Yuan-Ti, which is like a serpent being. And they they all have different levels of snakiness, <laughs> depending on just either how they were born or their weird worshipping they do. But this one has, he has a very sn- serpent-like head. He's blue and yellow, and he has uh, scales all over his body. But he does have legs. Some of them just have snake tails. Um, he he walks around with this weird Robo Komodo dragon he calls Gizmo, and he he's a learned scholar. He has weird views on things. He likes to do experiments, and he doesn't like people getting in the way of those experiments. Uh, and he's kind of kind of emotionally detached from what normal humans are. So yeah, he has pretty different views that most people probably wouldn't understand. Very nice. And uh, Michaela, why don't you tell us about Doreen? I am playing Doreen Bronislaw and she comes from new money. Her family owns a kind of a wellness company of sorts, but everything's kind of a snake oil. So she works with them and she kind of secures the trade routes and she also does marketing for them as well. <laughs> She's very into wellness, very into sales, and she's tall. She's an elf and a monk and and she tries really hard even though she's kind of she's a little plain. Like plain mm. looking? Yes. <laughs> no, she's a miniature plain. <laughs> Zoom, zoom. So when we last left off, Gorble, you were standing in front of that sword. Now, for the purposes of this, please, uh, it's like a dramatic transition. So uh, just kind of see it more as like a movie scene. Don't think of it as like your characters are actually viewing this. But for the audience's sake. Gorble stands in front of the golden sword, glinting in the bright light of the plane of he who sits on the throne of vines pressed into the dirt, halfway up the length of the blade. 
The scope of the vision narrows in on the blade itself, slowly inching closer and closer until it shifts, and suddenly, the view is of another sword. In design, this blade looks identical. It's the same shape and dimensions as the golden sword, the same circular pommel, the same grip length, the same cruciform hilt. But this sword has one crucial difference. Rather than made of gold, this sword appears to be made of fine and lustrous glittering green jade. One could argue that these two blades were forged from the same master smith, so alike are they in their craft. This sword is not buried in the earth, but in the back of a dead ogre. Countless other corpses, mostly ogres, litter the changed landscape. No longer are we viewing the pleasant swell of flower-dappled hills of the alternate plain, but a rocky passage set into a cliff face that appears to be well above the elevation of sea level. A large hand grips the handle of the blade and yanks it out of the creature's back, revealing a weathered and rough-seeming human man in armor. He has a hard face, one built by years of grim work and untold fighting. His long, grayed hair spills from his scalp, receding, and he chucks spit from the mouth hidden beneath his untrimmed beard. This is Woder Primgard, leader of the Grey, a faction of soldiers directly under the command of the Zast of the Staristrom aristocracy. All of the nation knows of the Grey, those warriors that will accomplish the missions no matter the risks or the issues. The Grey are notorious for their ferocity, their skill, and their general contempt for the plights of others beyond the necessity of achieving their goals. Truly, the one constant of this order is that where they go, death is sure to follow. All right, the man barks out. Gather your things and let's move. We need to get to the Cerne de Vilk before that idiot Just decides waiting around isn't worth his time and I have to lop a couple more of his fingers off. The group around him begins the merry work of picking up their strewn weapons and belongings. Scalandor, tell me a little bit about what you would be doing in this moment. I'm going to be scavenging and rifling through uh, the corpse's belongings mm -hmm. to see if I can find anything that I would deem valuable. Okay. Okay. You find a couple of uh, gold coins, uh, Staristrom pressed, so they have the the symbol of Staristrom on them, and a couple of copper coins of the of the same uh, variety. But these ogres didn't seem to have much beyond maybe a few things that they themselves pilfered. Rukash, why don't you tell me what you're doing? They may not think they they have anything of value, but Rukash is going to take his battle axe and he's going to slam it into the skull of one of the ogres <laughs> and then he removes it and he starts he digs his fingers into the skull and he starts like pulling it apart and uh you see like a little a little tiny uh metal uh humanoid creature come out of his pocket and he grabs like one of the ends of the skull too like he's helping him pull it open so they just wrench this skull open over time and Rukash takes the brain out, cuts it at the stem, and puts it in a knapsack. Interesting and gross. Um, th thank you, Rukash. Uh, Doreen, why don't you tell me what uh, what your character is doing? Well, I don't think this is really Doreen's battle here. So she is just folding up flyers that promote her her family business and tucking them into the pockets of 
the dead ogre <laughs> in case maybe some some family members might stumble across them. Very nice. And I don't pay attention to what she's doing. So as I'm rifling through, I come across ones that she's <laughs> stuffed the posters into and I'm just like, ah. <laughs> and like well, throwing them about. Well, they killed my dad, but at least <laughs> at least they left their calling card. Uh, a voice kind of breaks the the busy silence. Where's that crazy bastard, Decrum? Bior, a middle-aged half-orc, asks. He's a soldiery sort with a wild look about him that seems almost as leathery as the commander of the Grey. He sniffs the air and glances around. Probably chased one of the ogres down into the woods. Don't worry about him. He knows where to meet us, Primgar says. So the group of you finish your work and uh, gathering things up, and you, uh, you head out. You are all on foot, and you are moving through this. Uh, the the rocky rocky area is leading up to like more mountainous stuff. You are now leaving the Hebrig of Starstrom. The Hebrig is kind of a the central area of the nation that is much more like storybook fairy tale style. Think like uh, you know classic uh, Germanic folklore. Uh, lots of beauty and like rolling green hills and the mountains that are there are picturesque and beautiful. And the area you're moving into is a lot more just mountains and the mountains are less beautiful and more gray, uh, well-traversed, well-worn, and mostly the older sections of Starstrom. You guys travel for about an hour and then you see a sign that says Cherny Zvilk, which is the dividing area that leads out of Hibriga. As you move along the pass, you round a corner, and Primgar indicates that this was where you were supposed to meet the uh, the one known as Eust, and he uh, kind of stops as he is leading the group, and as you all come around the corner, you see this scene of carnage. You see a bunch of dead bodies, looks like there was a very recent battle, and there's blood everywhere, Things are strewn about and uh, destroyed. And in the center of it is a dead body. An elegantly dressed dwarf uh, with only an index finger and a thumb on one hand. But now he's also missing his head. It's been completely chopped off and it's a few feet away. And it's got like this surprised expression on its face. (laughs) This looks like Decorum's work. Primgar looks at you. I don't. I wouldn't be so sure about that. He wouldn't have gone off to go do something like this, I don't think. And if he does, well, he'll have me to pay. As you say. Maybe we should look around and see what we can figure out. <laughs> I go up to the, the face, the head, and I kind of, like, chuckle at it, <laughs> at the expression. Primgar is going to start, like, rifling around in, uh... Uh, on his body, the dwarf's body, like putting his hands in pockets. He's clearly looking for something specific. What kind of uh, surprised look does this face have? Kind of surprised terror. <laughs> I start, I, I bend down and I start like moving his muscles around on his face. Does it seem like it's been dead for a while or give me an investigation? Oh gosh, leave him be. Don't talk to me a goblin. Uh, I got 11. 
it's you can't really tell. Like the blood, there's some blood that well, most of the blood has dried, but you wouldn't have any idea of how long ago that would be. I focus a lot on the manner in which the body parts were removed. Like, do they look like clean attacks or like very tears and rips, like very gruesomely? Um, whatever did this, there was definitely the one thing you can tell is that it did it. It chopped its head off in probably one clean swing. Um, it doesn't look like there was much, much that was struggled over. How many bodies are there? There are 10, including the dwarf. They're like a half orc. There's a couple of humans. There's another dwarf and they're dressed in a way that looks as though they were guards or something. And, uh, you don't know much about this used, but you do know that he is a wealthy dwarf, so he'd probably have a retinue of protectors at the very least while he waited for Primgar for some bizarre purpose. Are any people left alive? Give me investigation. I ask Primgar, were we supposed to be meeting these people? Yes, we were supposed to be meeting with used. He was waiting for us. This guy? <laughs> and I point down at him. Yes. What are we supposed to do this to them, or <laughs> did somebody beat us to the punch? Well, if things had not gone the way that I wanted them to, perhaps, but I was hoping that they would go in the usual way. He had something to give me, and now I gotta find out if it's still here. What'd you get for your investigation? Five. Five. What was your question? I already forgot it. Sorry. Is <laughs> any- anybody left alive? Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, as far as you can tell, they all look dead. Master, I don't understand why we're out here. Uh, Stop calling me master. I've told you that countless times. I'm not your master, I'm your commander. Do you prefer commander? (sighs) He just goes back to rifling through the body. What are you doing, Skalindor? I'm just kind of off to the side, just looking in disgust at Rukash's whatever it is that he's doing. Like, I still don't know what it is that he does, but it really grosses me out, even though I've seen some messed up stuff. He has a bag of holding, and he never says what he's doing, but he's he's usually taking some sort of vital organ, and he's putting it in there. Maybe he's disgusted by it. And he has, like, fancy-looking clothes, but he has, like, like a little uh, kerchief that he, like, wipes the blood off on before, like, hucking it in the bag. And he never really explains what he's doing, but... He just usually makes a point of doing that whenever he finds bodies of any kind. So you you didn't see uh, what th- that there was anybody that appeared to be alive, Darin? Is there anything else you'd like to do? Are there any bystanders? Nope. It seems this is a largely like this is definitely like you'd have to travel a little bit to get to it. So is it daytime? It is daytime. And there are no shops or anything around? No, it's just like this little section, like kind of like, imagine like one of those uh, scenic view stops along the highway. It's just like kind of like a little recessed area, kind of pressed into a mountain path. All right, I'm just going to pull out my map and start going over my trade routes. I'll maybe mark this place as a... Not secure one. (laughs) (laughs) And Scalandor, what else are you doing? I am just constantly positioning myself so that I have my back against something, usually like a wall or a mountain face or a large rock so that something can't be behind me. And I always want to have Primgar in Mm -hmm. my sight uh, and just kind of keeping an eye 
and keeping track of where everybody is. Okay. Gotcha. So you're uh, give me uh, give me a perception check. Oh, Kidok. I am also going to use the D and D Beyond dice rolling. <laughs> That's a seven. <laughs> <laughs> Old reliable. Going great. Uh, you don't see anywhere necessarily that might be better than others, so you could probably just pick a, a random spot to kind of keep your back to. And there's, I mean, there's obviously like the rock wall around you, but that seems like as good of a place as any. <laughs> Did they have horses? There are no horses, no. No horses. Okay. I'm just going to look for the biggest pile of bodies. Okay. <laughs> or the area where the most bodies are and just kind of hang out there. So Primgar seems to finish rifling through this body and he like stands up. Shit. And he looks over at you. Where? Where? <laughs> mm. I need to collect a sample. This changes things. I'm going to double back to Ulfholt. Get this miserable lot through the pass and I'll meet you in Pulsledni. Dekram will know to go there. There's a tavern owner named Ellert and his husband Herman that'll let you eat and drink if you throw my name around. Now go. Where am I going? (laughs) Paul Schneebly. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Postledny. And you guys would know that Postledny is up in the mountains somewhere along this path. Um, And then Primgar turns around. He raises his hand in the air and summons a spectral horse and hops on and then just rides away in in the direction you guys came from. Where is he going? He didn't even... <laughs> and Rukash is kind of befuddled because he's not used to leading these people. Bior kind of looks around. He's sniffing the air. He's looking at the different stuff on the ground. There's too much stuff muddying the waters. It's hard to tell who this was. But and he lifts up a, an arrowhead, uh, and it's got a, like a curious kind of a really rough stone quality. And he like kind of holds it up so you can all see. I would suspect kobolds. Rukash hisses. Pathetic creatures. Wishing they were dragons. <laughs> <clears throat> and Bjord tucks the uh, arrowhead into his kind of armor area there for safekeeping. And he looks at you. So what's... Where should we get going? Where there is one, there is many kobolds. We must keep an eye on the pass above us. They might rain down fire upon us. But we should go, unless you need any of these bodies. Why would I need the bodies? Nothing, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so uh, you guys are going to head along the path, continue along the path then? Yeah, he and Rukash isn't super paying attention to the other people. He's just kind Mm -hmm. of going (laughs) and expecting them to follow him. All right, you guys watch as Rukash starts to walk down the path. Uh, do you guys follow? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Was it Prim Primagar that left on horseback? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't like that. Um, I reluctantly uh, follow the rest of the group, but I keep myself at the back so that I can have everybody in my line of sight, and I'm constantly jerking around and like looking back and forth. Uh, behind me and above us and stuff like I'm never at ease I'm gonna gesture for Bayor to come up closer to me he's gonna like nod and then start moving moving up towards the the front 
We need to keep an eye on these two. I don't trust them. I know Master brought them aboard recently, but I don't know why, especially the goblin. Such a lowly creature has no place Hard cut to us. me picking my teeth with like <laughs> a fractured bone that I found from the <laughs> from the corpses. Eating your toe cheese. <laughs> and the behind the ear wax. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't ever deem to know what is going on with Primgar, but if he has a reason for something, I trust that it is a good reason. I trust him with my life, but I don't trust them. They're different. They they have a different scent to them. Just keep an eye. It's obviously for some purpose, but yes, it's always it always makes sense to keep your wits about you when encountering different uh, different creatures such as these. Hmm. What are you doing, uh, Doreen? I kind of fall back to Scalandor. And I want to strike up a little conversation with him. (laughs) Scalandor, you know you're going to get all out of alignment if you keep jerking your head around like that. I don't know what you mean. Isn't your neck sore? Always. (laughs) Okay, well, I have something for that. It's a good berry salve. It works perfectly. You just rub it on morning, noon, night, maybe wake up in the middle of the night and apply a little bit more if you're still feeling it. It works perfectly. Do you want some? Sounds like too much work. I immediately get it out and I start warming it up (laughs) in my hands. Uh, Roll persuasion, uh, Darian. 11. 11. As she procures it, it's a, you know, it's a moderately compelling statement. She obviously uh, knows a thing or two about at least being like fit and healthy. You've seen her just like pretty much go without any drop in her stamina the whole time that she's been traveling or you've been traveling with them. It's mildly uh, persuasive, but not necessarily you're obviously at your... um, discretion yeah why don't you describe this uh this salve it comes in a little jar it's a very um nicely packaged jar and it doesn't look like much it just looks like a salve i what color have is to... it purplish in hue is it more goopy not not goopy i would say that it's kind of hard at first then you pull a little bit out and warm it up and then it's kind of like greasy kind of like a pomade yeah Okay. Do you, is it still in the jar or have you begun to like put some in your hands? Oh, I'm heading for your neck. <laughs> <laughs> so I I see it and I like the color. And before you can put it on me, I just slap one of my hands on your hand <laughs> to like get some of it off. And I just lick it. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> the label says for external use only. <laughs> no, no. All of our products are completely natural, and you can eat them. I don't recommend it, but you can. I don't know what'll happen, but you can. <laughs> Does not taste good. Well, it's for your neck. 
and anything else that may hurt. Your neck, your back, <laughs> Til miscellaneous the other, and your crack. <laughs> <laughs> Till the salve drips down my. Um. <laughs> now this normally retails for about five to ten gold a jar. Oh hell no! Depending. You're getting the <laughs> getting the sales pitch. Depending on the town we're in, you see. What you know, the MLM mother? <laughs> you gotta buy it now. Just, they put the makeup on your face. Me, just tell me how you feel after you after you put this on, and Sick. and we can talk about maybe getting you some for yourself. And if you want something that tastes good, I also have a, a thistle tea in my pack, and I can get that out. We can make that maybe next time we take a break. We're not taking a break. Scavendor gives no money. Well, do you want some thistle tea or not? Can I have it without giving money? Yeah, of course. We do samples all the time. Okay. All right, next break. (laughs) All right, so you guys um, continue on about another 20 or 30 minutes, and uh, Bior kind of straightens up. Rukash, and he sniffs the air, and uh, he puts a hand on his axe, on it that this big, massive axe that's on his back, and he looks over at you. I smell kobolds. I smell I have them some too. of that in my pack. Also, it comes in a pigment <laughs> form, and if you just put a little bit on your temples, it, it does stain. But it Quiet. does give you mental cl- mental silence, mental, Warm mental blood. clarity. <laughs> Mental clarity. It'll give you mental clarity. <laughs> no touching. Stop touching. <laughs> Down a ways, you guys can see that there's another bend in the trail. And it goes kind of around the slope of the mountain. And uh, give me a perception check, everyone. Maybe I should start rolling on D&D Beyond. Because <laughs> shit. 18. 21. It's really useful, actually. Yeah. Like, well, my perception's really kind of better than Gorbel's. Because it automatically calculates your bonuses. And it's just like, yo, it's this much. Well, I got 10. <laughs> okay, so you're... That's like busy. the... <laughs> you almost <laughs> always have 10 perception. <laughs> I never get 10 perception because Gorbel can't see crap. But um, Doreen, on the other hand. Yeah, Doreen is a little bit concerned with uh, proselytizing. <laughs> and... Um, but uh, what did you get, uh, Scalendor? Oh, sorry, 21. And you, what did you get? 18. <laughs> 18. All right, so both of you to uh, see uh, around the bend, you can see a little bit of uh, shadow movement, as if something is like trying not to be seen. Like the shadow was there, and then it slowly disappeared, or quickly disappeared, I should say. So there's something... That's I'm gonna. Moving. I'm gonna cast fairy fire over there. Okay, this is uh, this is probably a hundred feet away. Well, I'm gonna move up thirty feet, and then I have a sixty foot range. Okay. So anything in a twenty foot area of that will be lit up. Okay, so you cast fairy fire, and <laughs> and you can see through the bend of the trail. Uh, there's some light shining on something, and the light moves around. Uh, so you can see that there is something that is directly on the other side of that little bend. All right. Is there only one thing? Yeah, you only see one. We should be able to get the drop on him. Or it, or whatever the hell it is. Bayard, you go up ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bjord, like, goes 
He starts marching forward carefully. I, I put my hand out to him and grab his wrist. What? And then I just inhale very slowly and <laughs> exhale. Let's just center ourselves. I'm centered. And he pulls his, like, tries to pull his wrist out of your grasp. Uh, give. Are you going to hold on to it if he pulls? Or are you going to? No, I'm pretty sure he's centered. <laughs> okay. So you let go and he pulls his wrist out and he starts heading forward. I'm going to, I'm going to say a uh, command in Draconic to the Komodo dragon and it's going to skitter mm. along behind him. Okay. Uh, everyone give me uh roll initiative. 25. 14. Seven. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I had your roll initiative, but this, we're going to treat this as a surprise round. And so... Technically, uh, Rukash, you already did your surprise action with the fairy fire. Um, Bior is going to come around the uh, the bend, and the rest of you guys are kind of slowly following behind. I assume, and uh, he kind of he kind of holds his axe up for a second, and then he takes a couple of steps back, and he looks at the rest of you. Oh no! Like slowly climbing from around the corner is what appears to be like a medium-sized creature, but it's completely covered in like this black mist that is kind of belching off of it in a sense, like kind of like a, a car that its engine is bad, like this like black smoke is just kind of billowing off of it in different sections, and it kind of slinks forward. It appears at one point it would have been a kobold, but now it seems very contorted. And it kind of uh, shambles around the corner and lets out this horrible noise. Uh, you guys still have, a couple of you still have your opportunity to attack. So if you would like to go, uh, Scalandor, you absolutely can. Okay. I am actually, okay, so we were on a mountain trail. Yes, you've got, it's about uh, 10 feet wide, or about 20 feet wide. Um, and this creature, if you were following fairly closely to Bjor, it would be about 30 feet ahead of you. Okay. And we were coming up, uh, like, on a bend? Yep. Mm-hmm. To the, does it bend to the left or to the right? To the right. To our right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's just shambling around the bend. Okay. Yep. So he's coming into view. Uh, I am going to position myself still kind of behind everybody else and mm-hmm. I want to get closer to the mountain face. Okay. Um, so I'm away from the edge. Gotcha. <laughs> and I'm just going to kind of be at the ready. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, what are you doing, Darin? I am digging around in my pack frantically searching for for something that's going to to prepare me for engaging with this creature. Okay. Okay, gotcha. It's like one of your salves or teas or something? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so none of you are attacking it? No. Nope. Okay. Gotcha. All right, so uh, it's lit up as well by the fairy fire. Uh, Bjor is going to take a few more tentative steps back as if he's concerned that whatever this is might be contagious but he's gonna just like ready his action 
and the creature is actually going to swipe at Bior with this like gnarled, smoky, goopy claw. And uh, would you classify it as gunky? Yeah, <laughs> it might be classified as gunky, but it misses with a swipe, actually pretty wide, and he takes a few more steps back and puts his axe out in front of him and readies himself. Go ahead, Scalandor, it's your turn. Okay. Um, now that I've seen kind of what it's capable of, uh, mm-hmm. kind of studied it a little bit, uh, I'm going to run up along its side, mm-hmm. along the side of it, and uh, he has his scimitar. I have my scimitar drawn, mm-hmm. but I have a whip on my hip, Okay, and I'm actually going to lash out with the whip first. Okay, you're going to strike at it with the whip. Go ahead. Yeah. I almost went to roll a physical die. Hmm? What was I thinking? Silly. Amateur. Fuck yeah. Uh, 26. 26 hits. All right, so your whip strikes out. Go ahead and roll damage. All right. You also have advantage. Yeah, because of fairy fire. So any... Sweet. I Thank you for reminding me. Uh, yeah, so when you guys roll, uh, go ahead and uh, do it twice. Cool beans. Okay. Uh, man, this is really handy, actually. <laughs> rolling stuff. Uh, six damage. Six damage. Okay, perfect. All right, so your whip kind of slices, uh, like, its shoulder, and uh, you watch as, like, this, like, green blood kind of splatters out, like, as you, uh, as you do so, and it... And it turns its attention to you now, Skalandor. Uh It is now... Uh, your turn, Rukash. Is this affliction familiar to me at all? Uh, give me medicine. So, not to be a or no, asshole. sorry, Arcana. Not to be an asshole. Go ahead. But I have extra attack, and I can oh, attack up. Shit. Uh, Go ahead. Up sorry. To three times whenever I take the attack action on my turn. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I whip whip him, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna spin around and whip him again, but like kind of close the ground between us. Mm-hmm. As long as I succeed, of course. Okay. Which, 28. That I'm hits. succeeds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll roll damage. Seven damage. Okay. And then for my third attack, I'm going to kind of, with my second whip attack, I kind of pull myself towards him as the whip wraps around one of his limbs. Okay. And I use the momentum to kind of pull myself forward and swipe with my scimitar. Okay, go ahead and roll with advantage. Thank God, with advantage. Okay, did worse on the second roll, but 16 was the 16 highest. does not hit with that with that, uh, okay. that other attack. So you guys watch as Scalandor whips, hits him in the shoulder, whips him again, grabs him around the leg, pulls himself forward, and swipes. But the creature, it seems like it just kind of like narrowly misses as it, as it kind of jerks out of the way, trying to get out of the, the whip around its leg. And... You miss with your attack. It's it's a it's a bit bigger than you, but not like crazy big. Um, but it obviously it feels very strong as it pulls out of the way. All right, go ahead now, uh, Rukash. Can I supplement with a history roll? Um, no, it's gonna need Arcana. Okay. What'd you get? Twenty four. Twenty four. Okay, uh, so with Arcana, you can tell, like, this is definitely a magical affliction of some kind, and it definitely appears as though, you you recall uh, in some of your studies in the past, 
of seeing creatures that had been afflicted by uh, some sort of contagious, decaying poison. You remember that this magic is called the Eater, and it was developed as a way of dissolving things in for, coincidentally enough, for study that would not, like, that couldn't be resisted by most creatures because it is magical in nature. So it's some weird, like, but it, it's like a, it's not exactly the same. It's, it seems to have morphed in some way, perhaps evolved. And this creature is obviously not being eaten, eaten from the inside or eaten as if by acid. It is somehow resisting it to a degree. Do I know of any uh, hazards that it has to other people that I could warn the others about? Yes, you would know that it's extremely contagious, and if if they get touched by this, they could potentially receive its curse. Okay. Try to stay back if you can. And then I uh, pull out my crossbow. It doesn't have a loading proper mechanism like normal crossbows. It just has a light a light on top of it. It starts glowing pink, and then he aims it down at the creature. Uh, 24 to hit. 24 hits. Uh, 12 damage. Okay. And then it's gonna just automatically reload on its own, and he's gonna fire again. Okay. Nice. 26. That hits. And 11 damage. And he is going to uh, whisper a, a command in Draconic, and uh, the metal Komodo dragon is going to skitter up next to this kobold thing, mm-hmm. and he's going to try and hit it. Okay. 20. 20 hits. Uh, nine damage. Nine damage. <laughs> then he's going to whisper another command in Draconic, and that little... Uh, Tiny uh, robot guy is going to hop out into the air and sprout these little wings. And he's going to fly up. He's going to be like within 30 feet. And he pulls out a mini version of the crossbow that Ukash has. <laughs> and he's going to fire at him. How many attacks does that thing get? This is a separate thing. Oh, okay. So he's going to miss probably. He got uh, 12. Oh, yeah. He misses. So Rukash has a steel defender and he also has a homunculus. And they oh, they, gotcha. they just go on his turn. Okay. And that's the end of his turn. So this like, and then there's a, like a flurry of action all of a sudden as Rukash is firing this. And then his little creatures are attempting to battle this thing as well. And the being, the creature that's attacking you guys is still like screaming out and lashing around. And it attempts in its in its own way it focuses on Bjor again, since you're small, Scalandor, and you went after it, but you didn't hit it. And it focuses on Bjor, and it's going to attack. And as that thing attacks, uh, Gizmo's going to let out like a, a shrieking metallic uh, chirping noise, and it's going to distract the thing. So you have disadvantage now. Oh, nice. Okay. It's still, uh, we'll say because it's frantic, it like swipes out and it like slices across uh, Bjor's arm and he like cries out and he is going to attack back at this and but he is going to miss his his aim is all thrown off and he swipes wide and he doesn't hit the creature it is now your turn Darin I don't have a lot in the way of weapons um but I do have a dart so is that is that like a lawn dart you can throw it yeah you can throw it Okay. Well, after hearing the warning not to touch it, 
It's a dartboard dart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am going to, I'm going to throw my dart. Okay. Go ahead and roll with advantage. Just full on Colin Farrell from Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> Shook. Oh my gosh. Advantage. I got two sevens. <laughs> Jeez. Try uh, D&D Beyond, yo. Shh. No. Sixteen. <laughs> no. Sixteen does not hit. Your dart kind of slices through like a section of the kobold still remaining clothing and kind of just goes off the side. Just misses a homunculus. He <laughs> does a barrel roll to avoid it. Now, um, you do have other options available to you as far as um, what you can do additionally as a monk. You can burn a... Uh, in Starstrom, it's not called key, it's called Keld. So you can burn a, a Keld point and uh, and attack again if you would like. Do I have to burn a Keld point? You don't have to. Do to. You uh, to do that because I thought it just had. I thought I just had two attacks. Oh, you do. Yes, you do. But the second one has to be unarmed. Mm-hmm. Am I correct in that? And also, do I only have the one dart? No, you you have you have multiple darts. Okay. Because it says you can. Make one melee or ranged attack with your... It's it's like how fighters get extra attack. Like, you can attack twice every turn for a monk. It doesn't matter, like, what you're attacking with. Yeah, that's what it... Okay, so yeah, you can attack again. Okay, then I'm going to use another dart, because okay. I do have more than one. <laughs> do I have advantage this time? Yup. Yep. As long as he's got fairy fire on him. Nice. You have advantage. <laughs> 26. That hits. Oh, yeah. Woo! Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Get ready for a D po- D4 plus like five. <laughs> plus four. Oh, shit. Get used to it. Seven. <laughs> Seven damage. All right, so your second attack strikes true, gets it right in the stomach. <laughs> Ow! But you like hurl this dart and it just... <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> This dart was brought to you by Sephora. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, now we're back to the top of the order with... Oh, no, sorry. The creature is going to attack again. Um, but it is going to aim for you this time, uh, Scalandor, and it misses. <sighs> and it is now your turn, Scalandor. All right. Heeding Rukash's warning, uh, I'm going to step back a little bit and just mainly focus on whipping the shit out of this thing. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Alrighty-dighty. Righty-dighty-dighty. Righty-dighty-dighty. Fuck yeah. D&D Beyond coming through. <laughs> 28 to hit. 28 hits. And the damage is 6. And uh, Scalandor's just gonna do a whirlwind of whip attacks. A whip okay. crack! <laughs> uh, that one wasn't as good, but we still have advantage, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Sick. So, come on. 25. 25. That hits. Sweet. And that's going to do eight damage. And then we're going to do one last one. I'm going to... Fuck yeah. 25. All right. That hits. And... Seven. Seven damage. All right. So you watch as Scalandor... Just like is fancily slapping this thing with its whip and you watch as like more blood and screams ring out and this thing now looks like it's on the ropes. It is like kind of like like hunkered down and looks as though it is uh it's not long for this world. Stay down, beast. 
<laughs> uh, Rukash, it's your turn. Does B- Bayor, Bior, Bayor? Why did you say that? Bjork? Is it Bior? Bior. Bior, yeah. How does Bior look after he's been struck by this thing? Uh, right now, he he has stopped trying to attack this creature, and he's focused on his arm. And his like he as he's looking over at it, you can see that there's some black smoke coming up from it, and he appears very distressed by this. Rukash is gonna pause for a second, and then he's gonna point his crossbow at Bior, and he's gonna fire at Bior. Yep. Okay. Uh, sixteen to hit. Nope. Sorry, twenty nine to hit. It didn't calculate oh. the bonus. <laughs> uh, yeah, he hits. Uh, 11 damage. 11 damage to Bjorn. And it's going to um, reload on its own. Okay. He's going to shoot again. Okay. 30 to hit. <laughs> okay. That hits. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> uh, 12 damage. Okay. And he's going to shout a command at the, the Komodo dragon. Okay. And 15 to hit the, the monster. Okay, 15 hit the monster. It does not succeed. All right, that's his turn. Bior is going to look up at you, Rukash, and like, like where are those are those physical bolts that strike? Oh, uh, they're magical. Okay, so there's nothing like left. In yeah, them. they kind of just hit you and then dissipate. He, he looks up at you like all confused. What? And he's going to shrug. It's nothing personal. Seems pretty personal to me. Um, the <laughs> I'm creature- just imagining the... What you say? <laughs> <laughs> the creature is going to now turn its attention to you, Skalandor, now that you've been whipping the shit out of it. And it's going to attack you and it's going to miss. Sweet. And so it swipes out with both arms at the same time, like it's grabbing at you, but you're you narrowly avoid it. It doesn't even come close to you. Doreen, it is now your turn. Do I see what's going on with Bjor? Uh yeah, it's pretty obvious. Okay. And he is he not looking good? He's got some weird affliction on his arm now, and he's just been shot by Rukash. I mean, I'm talking more about the being shot thing. Uh, I mean, it doesn't look like it's hurt him to the extent that he can't go on fighting. It definitely looks like it pissed him off. Okay, then I will, I'll ignore that one. And I'm going to... Man, I wish touching it weren't a bad thing. <laughs> I really want to touch, but I guess I'll throw another dart. Okay. Yeah, it's funny because you chose the most (laughs) in-your-face class to play. But (laughs) keep in mind, uh, if you look at some of your features, you might uh, be a little bit less susceptible to things. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm not susceptible to this. Okay. Uh, So you're going to throw another dart? Yeah. Okay, go ahead with advantage. Just imagining the aura blast move from Final Fantasy Tactics that the monks have. Nice. Up to five squares away, just like... Mm-hmm. 28. That hits. Seven damage. Seven damage. This thing looks like it's like teetering, and it's like at the edge of the pass. So one more uh, one more stiff blow might uh, might take it out in your mind. I can't, I can't do a cantrip as my second thing, can I? Uh, or can I? That will... No, you'd have to be an attack. Well, another dart's coming at ya. Okay. 26. That hits. Noise. Five. Five damage. Oh, I'm sorry, no. Not five. Six. Six damage. <laughs> so you throw another dart, and it it strikes the creature right in the chest with enough force that it stumbles back, 
and you guys watch as it falls off the edge of the um, of the pass, and you can hear it like. Those were five hundred dollars sunglasses, asshole. Wait, my darts. <laughs> I would have liked to keep the body. Are we out of combat now? You are now out of combat. Okay. Maybe <laughs> Rukash. Bjord like stomps forward towards you, Rukash. Why did you do that? I'm sorry, my friend, but you are afflicted. It's only a matter of time. Can we see, like, if it's localized on Bjor's arm? Yeah, it looks pretty localized at the moment. It, it uh, the smoke is billowing out of the wound itself. Um, I'd like to kind of do like a whip grab on his arm. Okay, uh, go ahead and give me an attack roll. It would be I will treat it as a surprise because he probably doesn't expect that to happen. Okay, twenty six. It works. Okay. Um, and I, I say to Rukash, just take the arm. Uh, Rukash sneers at him for a moment. Actually, that isn't a bad idea. We might be able to stop the infection before it spreads. Bior is, he just kind of like looks back and forth at you two. And he looks over at the monk. I toss my scimitar to Rakash while I hold the whip. I back away from it as it clatters to the ground. And then, <laughs> and then he pulls out his battle axe. I, I go up to, to Bior and I grab his head in my hands and kind of face it towards me. I get really close. Okay, so you're just going to focus on me and it's going to be some deep breathing <laughs> right now, okay? Mm, just take the damn arm. No, do it. Put do his it. arm on the rock. Do it. Rest do against it. that. And then I... Uh, Guys, shush. All right, so in through your nose, out through your mouth. Do it now. <laughs> in through your nose. Uh, 19. That hits. And six damage. <laughs> well, since he's since he's prone, we're treating it since he's like allowing you to attack. Okay, we're gonna treat it like a crit, auto crit. Okay, so <laughs> it just breaks the skin. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so twelve damage. Twelve damage. <laughs> the arm is well. Let's find out. Uh, roll a percent die for me, uh, uh, Rukash. Nine. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know what that means, but nine. Uh, it's not the cleanest cut. It gets most of the way through, but there's some armor in the way, and you just... Uh, it's an off! It's an off! Uh, it's most of the way. I'm going to tug on the whip. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Uh, give, me a, uh, give me a strength roll. Okay. <laughs> 10 you just tug and it's just like Aah! but it doesn't come off I press his forehead to mine and I'm massaging his head uh, give me uh, persuasion wouldn't this be a massage roll <laughs> yeah but we'll treat it like a persuasion roll 16 16 okay he's he's trying to calm himself but it's maybe working a little bit. He can focus on your voice and your face, but it's obviously very, very painful. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, um, 
cast chromatic orb as a fire orb on his okay. uh the the section between his arm and okay. uh hope to both remove the rest of the arm and then cauterize the the stump uh okay so i did a 24 uh, hit with it uh yeah you, it'll automatically succeed since you're since he's like laying there letting you okay you'll treat it like a crit Ooh. pain <laughs> is just your arm leaving your body <laughs> That's going to be 30 damage. 30 damage. (laughs) Jesus. Well, (laughs) a couple of things happen. First of all, it definitely works. You are able to like burn through the rest of the arm and cauterize the wound, but he's not looking good. There's been a lot of blood lost and he is very badly wounded and he just kind of like slumps to the side. Oops. (laughs) Does anyone have any healing potions? I should have something in here. I retract my whip and just look at the monk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have some uh, some light healing potions probably in your pouch. I haven't tried this one personally, but I think this might work. It's in a dropper. <laughs> okay. So I just start drip dropping it on his stump. Okay, give me a uh, roll 2d4s. Bahamut's balls, Rakash. You almost killed him. I got a four and a two. Four and a two, six plus two. So he heals for eight. Um, (laughs) It's not a lot, but uh, it's some. And so he's doing slightly better. Are you good to travel? Well, he doesn't travel. Yeah, he's not walking with his arm, so. He stands up and he like (laughs) picks up his axe from the ground and he like looks at it. And he just (sighs) and he stuffs it onto the holster on his back. Do you want to borrow mine? It's one-handed. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's the least I could do. Yeah, it is It is the very least. <laughs> <laughs> do you need me to lend a hand axe? Uh, yeah, I have extra hands in the bag if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Rukash Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hands him his battle axe incredulously. Okay. Um. Alright, so he just kind of He's insane. It still has his own blood on it. (laughs) (laughs) We should get going. I retrieve my scimitar. I retrieve Bior's hand and put it in the bag. Uh, (laughs) With your bare hands? (laughs) Won't that infect your other things? Mm, mm, Don't worry about my other things. (laughs) I uh, I have the Komodo dragon bite it. With its mouth and then put it in the bag with its face. Okay. <laughs> so, with its face. Yeah. <laughs> and as it tucks its head into the bag to put it in, you cut off the head of the Komodo dragon so it, the infected head <laughs> rolls in the bag <laughs> with it. And then I just eat my homunculus for fun. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, you are despicable. <laughs> I didn't actually eat him. Uh, shall we get going? Yes. I'll, I'll lead this time. And then I start walking up front. Bior kind of like goes in step next to uh, Darin as you guys are moving. You know, <laughs> I think there's really a silver lining to this because I do feel like we really haven't seen that much action together. And now that we have and now that we did, we we breathed together and 
and we cut off an arm together. You lost an arm. You gained a friend. And <laughs> I think that I think that we have kind of a connection now. I think the whole group kind of feels connected now, don't you think? Give me a persuasion roll. I'm still keeping my distance and keeping a very watchful eye on Bjor. Thirteen. Thirteen. He just kind of, yeah, nothing brings a group together like bathing in their brother's blood. I mean, that's one way to look at it, yeah. Scalander licks his lips. I feel good. <laughs> I feel like, I feel refreshed. I feel really positive about this trip now. <laughs> Bior just like shakes his head incredulously. I would appreciate it if you didn't talk to me for a few. Uh, well, I'm uh, And he I just kind of walks forward. <laughs> I mean, after what happened back... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys uh, travel up the pass for another hour or two, and finally you reach the gates of a small little village. And uh, there's a little there's a little uh, wooden sign out front, and you can see that there's some people inside. And this the the sign says uh, Posledni, and uh, you can see Bless that you. there are <laughs> you can see that there's a. Uh, some houses. There's a lot of what strikes you guys immediately is Posledni is normally a very uh, like a it's along the the route of the pass, and so it's normally pretty hopping and and uh, and uh, it's got a lot going for it. However, right now it seems like even though it's mid afternoon, it uh, doesn't seem to be very hopping at all. And in fact, some of the like there's some cloud coverage that's run in, and it's maybe they're go in to avoid the storm, but there's like a, just a general kind of sadness about the place as you guys enter. Look at that sad mailbox. <laughs> just hanging there all weary. I actually don't believe in sadness. Mm. Do you have a salve for that? <laughs> no, it's all in your mind, silly. What mental affliction do you have? It's called joy and positive thinking. I'm not familiar And with I those. can teach you. Did you say pasta? <laughs> I don't eat I, I that. think she said pasta. But mm. I think that's the building over there where we're supposed to meet. And you see that there very much indeed is a tavern uh, kind of butted up against the the uh, rock wall of the, of the mountain. And uh, it's got a few dim lights on inside. What time of day is it now? It's uh, mid-afternoon, but it has darkened over with cloud coverage. Okay. How high up in the mountains are we? Uh, you're goodly, goodly way up. If you were to look over the side, you would see uh, it, it's a pretty steep drop. You would die if you fell. Okay. Is the air getting noticeably thinner where we are now? Uh, yeah. Uh, your ears may have uh, started to pop a little bit. Maybe <laughs> not yours, Scalandor, because uh, goblins are naturally like they they deal with altitudes well. But uh, over there yeah, the well. Well, the air may might be a little bit thinner than uh, as it might be a little bit more of an arduous trek as you move along. Okay. But uh, you guys see that um, while there are lantern posts set up in the uh, in the town, they have a lot of like cobwebs and stuff on them as if that nobody's uh, adjusted them in a while. And there's just like the people that see you guys. They like one in particular, a uh, a young woman is like staring at you, and as you guys enter the town, she like 
turns around quickly and heads back into her house. Rukash's forked tongue slithers out a little bit. Ooh, the air tastes funky up in here. <laughs> we need to tread carefully. I don't I'm know. Gonna... I really I like the energy here. I don't think we're tasting the same air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he goes up to the, like the window of the tavern and sees if he can peek inside. Uh, the windows are actually pretty grimy. It's hard to see in. Scalander hangs back and he's just kind of <laughs> sticking his tongue his, out. Stick his tongue out in the air and just looking up like. <sighs> Does it look like it's open? Like yeah, it, it's definitely the door. The door is open. There's some dim light inside, as I mentioned, but yeah, the the light that escapes to the window is pretty. It's pretty filmy because of how grimy the the window itself is. I'll walk in. Okay. You walk in and you Hi, see everyone. You see there's like two people inside sitting at like these really like poorly made tables and there's a uh, there's an, a human man with a big beard behind the behind the countertop. My and friends. He, <laughs> he just kind of looks at you and he gives you like a stiff nod. So what's the specialty here? Mm, we got grog, we got uh, some ale, we got some beer. What are your non non-alcoholic options? I don't know. There's a bucket for feeding horses. You could probably put some water in that. There's a trough. <laughs> is is that just out back or That's out back. Okay. So can I do I have to walk all the way around or can I just cut th- through? You're going to have to walk around. Okay, well I'll be right back with that. Um are there are there any maybe vegetarian options for food? No. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I'm. Are there water any options is. for food? Scalandor, <laughs> <laughs> just peer in. Yeah, you peek your head in, um, Scalandor. Yeah, there's some food. Mm. I don't know what this vegetarian stuff is. Oh, if if it's just a communication issue, then I can explain it to you. So it's like <laughs> it's it's like vegetables, fruits, grains. We've got some root vegetables. You want those? That would be perfect. That'll be three silver. They're not gonna be cooked. I'm gonna go get the water. All right. I mean, I go and get the water. I wasn't just saying it. Okay, you. uh, It looked like you were just. I'm gonna go get the water. Then just staring at him (laughs) as she exits. Yeah, I'm. I ask her, "What is it like in there?" They're super friendly. I think it's gonna be a really good place to take a little rest and and maybe regroup. Did you see anything suspicious inside? No, I just saw a few friendly faces. Just, I think they might be ready to to welcome us in. Maybe some. Maybe someone will have a place for us to stay tonight. I don't know. Mm. I open up my bag of holding and I uh, say something to the homunculus and the Komodo dragon and they climb in. <laughs> and then I put it at my side and cautiously go inside and like sit down at a table okay. in the corner. Uh, Scalandor, you, uh, what are you doing? Uh, I'm cautiously entering, and I'm just going to skitter to the nearest open corner so that I have a view of the entire layout, and there aren't any doors or windows behind me. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, you find a a corner that's not near any open windows or doors or 
anything like that. And uh, then Bior kind of, you know, shuffles in and he sits down at the same table as you, Rukash, but on the other side and given some distance. And you just kind of like, <sighs> Darin, you go around back and you see that there is a trough that has like some gross, muddy, dirty water in it. And then there's a bucket to the side that has like some oats kind of uh, stuck to it as if it's just con- continually refilled without being cleaned. Vegetarian options. <laughs> Positive thoughts. Positive <laughs> thoughts. Just imagine it's pizza. <laughs> All right. Can I can I rinse the the trough out? Yeah, there's a there's like a little pump there that when you pull on it, just like a like a slow trickle of water comes out. Okay. Um, I'm I'm actually going to rinse the bucket out and fill that with water and take okay. it back inside. Okay, so you rinse it out, you fill the bucket up with water, and you re-enter the tavern. The man behind the counter, uh, as you guys are all in there, he just kind of comes around and approaches. Uh, do you? Oh, uh, Darin, do you go and sit with the others? Yeah. Okay. Guys, I have water for the table. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Darin sets a bucket down. The guy behind the bar comes over. So, we haven't had many travelers here lately. What can I get for you? We are just meeting someone here. Who are you meeting? I don't remember his name. <laughs> you, were, you were told that um, the tavern owner's name is Ellert, and uh, he has a husband named Herman. Oh, I was supposed to meet the tavern owners? He said he, you, he'll let you eat and drink if you throw his name around. Uh, Primgar's name around. Master Primgar told us to wait here, and he said you could give us the sweet digs. Sweet digs, huh? I don't know who this Primgar is, but uh, if you don't have any coin, you're going to have to go outside. I have coin. All right, then what can I get for you? There's no free rides here. You got to order something to sit here. Wait, is the water still free? No. Give me a copper. (laughs) Make a wisdom save. Me? Yes. Oh, shit. He's going to throw a brain at you. Uh, We'll call that uh, 18. All right. So he leans forward and says, I suggest you just leave us to our devices. And I cast suggestion on you. And basically you have to go along with what I say for like eight hours. He turns around and he just, without saying anything, goes and stands behind the bar again. And then I turn to uh, Bior. You should probably take a short rest, recuperate some of your lost health. Mm, that's probably a good idea. Do you know where I could rest? I'm not your keeper. Well, then why are you making suggestions? I'm just saying if you don't want to die. I'm resting right now. Fair enough. What is everybody else doing? Drinking my water. <laughs> Out of the Looking- bucket. Looking for a menu. <laughs> uh, you don't see a menu around, but uh, you you know that you could probably go up and order from the uh, the barkeep if you like. I don't like giving up my position of security, uh, but I hop down and make my way up to the bar. What can I help you with? Food. Food, huh? What kind of food are you looking for? We've got some stuff. Times have been a little tough lately. Hot food. (laughs) I can do that for you. How does uh, a lamb shank sound? 
Ah, yes. (laughs) One hot food, please. (laughs) That's going to be five silver. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) And you give him five silver? Yeah. I rifle around in my pouch and I just kind of like dump it on the bar. He takes the five silver, counts it out, and then he goes in the back and he opens the the door to the back and he says, One lamb shank. And he comes back over the bar. So, uh, where are y'all from? I don't remember. <laughs> well, I'm from Starrystrom. Oh, where did you come from? <laughs> yeah, you would have to approach. <laughs> have you approached the bar at, in that moment? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're all like shocked. <laughs> You're from Starstrom. Well, we're here in Starstrom. Where in Starstrom are you from? I'm from Stonebarrow. Hmm. Well, what are you doing all the way over here? You and your friends uh, on a little adventure? I would say that it's maybe more of a journey. Hmm. It's a, it's an interesting answer, I suppose. I feel like we've been discovering a lot about each other and a lot about ourselves this whole time. And my role is just carrying heavy stuff, but... But I really feel like I'm part of a team now, you know? Mm, you got a big uh, chest on your back there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What a... On your back. about in there? I was like, that is a weird pickup line. You got a big I chest. I don't think so. Okay. I don't even know what's in there, do I? You have no idea. Are you, uh, you all heading up to Volkgard? We may pass through. Mm, well, be careful. Some weird stuff's going on along this pass. Weird how? Mm, people disappearing. People getting eaten. That sort of thing. Wait, eaten by what? We don't know. Nobody knows. Because we just met someone a way back, and he seemed like maybe he would eat a person. Mm, could be. Hope you killed it. We did. Hmm. Good. <laughs> well, I'll, uh, did you still want any of those root vegetables? Yeah, what, ki- what kind of root vegetables are they? Uh, they're, uh, just, it's better if you don't know. <laughs> okay. You want some? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, well, I'm Herman. If you need anything, call out, but I'll go put an order in for that. <laughs> and he goes around and he opens the, uh, the door again. Potatoes! <laughs> and he closes the... He closes the door again and he uh, goes up to one of the other patrons and chats with them for a little bit. <laughs> what are you guys doing in the meantime? Napping. Napping? No. <laughs> I go back to my corner and just constantly looking around, making sure I can see where everybody is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm uncertain what we're to do now that we're here. Um, I'm just kind of waiting to see if anything happens. I'm waiting for mm-hmm. Primgar to return or say anything or what have you as you are as you're kind of like sitting there waiting uh your food is eventually brought out and then as he sets the platter down you hear from the other side of the tavern what the hell how come how can they get their food before i got my food i've been in here a lot longer uh herman like looks up and he scowls you know the drill he's like your food takes longer because you don't pay the minute you start paying then you can get food and he's like this is Bullshit! I'm so sick of this! And he just thunders out the door. And give me a perception check, guys. <laughs> As he thunders out the door, I mockingly jingle my coin purse at him. <laughs> 24. 
20. 20. Oh, nice. nice. Me too. Okay, so you guys 20. all hear outside the door. <laughs> and then nothing. <laughs> I, I cautiously start eating my lamb shank, looking at the door. <laughs> uh, I look at the barkeep to see if he reacts like it's a normal thing. Maybe he this is a town that this happens. He doesn't <laughs> react at all. Anyway, I uh, hope you guys enjoy the food. Wait, um, wait. Did you hear something? Maybe like a sound outside? No. And he turns and he walks back to the, the counter. And now you guys aren't sure if you even heard a sound. Ooh. You heard that though, right? You guys don't know for sure if you heard anything. Could have been heard a of your imagination. I'm chewing loudly on my lamb shank. I mean, I've abandoned up. utensils and I'm just using my hands at this point. We're up in the mountains. Could be anything. Yeah, but maybe you should go check it out, Rukash. I'm not checking out anything. I'm waiting here. I was commanded to wait here. If your curiosity is so much that you want to go look, you go look. This isn't really my mission, so... <laughs> That's okay. We all just stay here for the rest of the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing bad happens. Too um, scared. As you guys are sitting there, one of the guys from that was sitting at the table. Uh, there's just a man. He sit, He was sitting at the table, and he comes over to you guys. Ah, travelers, huh? Where are you guys from? Around. Prison. Uh, sorry, I heard a couple of different things there. Prison. From prison, huh? Wow, yeah. Life is a prison, am I right, my friend? And he, like, nudges you a little bit with his elbow. Don't touch. No touching. No, I'm sorry about that. And You know, it's, it's just it's just my way. I apologize. So. What the business where, where, have you? Oh, I just, I live here. I, I, you know, we don't get to meet travelers very often, so I thought I would come over and introduce myself. My name is Plam. Say that again? Plam. <laughs> Got a hot Plam here. A simple Plam. <laughs> plam. <laughs> and what what do you do here? Plam? Sorry, are you saying Plan or Plam? Uh, well, I, uh, and he kind of like looks around. Uh, I, uh, he looks back at you. You, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in between jobs at the moment. Do you have coin? Um, uh, yeah, I have coin. Yeah, I've got pl plenty of coin. And he opens up his, uh, pouch and he looks in it. And he's like, yeah, I got plenty of coin. Congratulations. <laughs> so if you're, if you have no business with us. Good day, sir. Oh, well, okay. Well, I just thought you guys might want to know that uh, uh, up a ways, there's an there's a interesting feature that... Uh, uh, and he just kind of like trails off and he gets up and he goes and he sits back over at his I, table. I go up to him. Is he a human? He is a human, yeah. I ask you, uh, what is your name, Doreen? Mm-hmm. Is his normal behavior or your type of... I, I wouldn't know. Are you not I'm a warm blood? <laughs> warm bloods? I can't tell the difference. Is that how you? Ah, fine, I guess that's. What is a classification anyway? No, that is not typical behavior, and something is weird. And I'm going to go get to the bottom of it. Suit yourself. 
So I get up and I walk across the room to his table. Mm-hmm. Dibs on her potatoes. <laughs> Cold ass potatoes. Plam. Oh, hey, how's it going? Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for asking. Um, So you said there's a feature. A what? A feature. You said there's a feature. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, no idea. Now, from my perspective, it did kind of seem like it was a warning of sorts. So. I don't remember any sort of statement. Thusly, uh, I think you might have misheard me. Perhaps I said that there, uh, that there's a that there's a feat of uh, you're sure to uh, be very particularly interested. I I don't know. Do you even remember that conversation that you just had with us? Of course, I came over and I chatted with you. You guys were a little uh, a little brusque, but that's uh, that's to be expected here in the mountains. Uh, people like their own. You know, their own business. But, uh, yeah, and then I got up and I walked back over to the table. Yeah, but before that point, you said, well, I just thought you should know there's a feature up the road. And that's the part that I'm a little hung up on. Mm, I don't remember saying that. I think you might be confused. I get down really close to him. What's the feature? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm not really appreciating the aggression. This is not fucking aggression, man. <laughs> if there's danger up there, I need to know this is my trade route. Um, I, I, I don't know. I guess you're welcome to go up there if you think that I said something. I mean, the, you, maybe you got some voices whispering in your head or something. Maybe you have some voices whispering in your head. Um, maybe. I mean, it's possible we all could. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I don't know the many facets of this world, spiritual or non, but perhaps uh, maybe something spoke through me. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, You're scaring me, though. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. Sorry. Uh, That's uh, that's all right. Uh, That's that's not me. That's not who I am. That's okay. I have to go now. And he gets up from the table and he starts to walk out the door. (laughs) 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 I go back to the table. He doesn't seem to know anything. This place tastes weird. We must wait for Master Primgar. Potatoes taste weird too. And at that moment, the door pushes back open, and you see Woder Primgar standing in the doorway. He looks around, he finds you guys. Ugh, you guys are just, just hanging around here doing nothing, I see. Isn't that what you wanted us to do? Fair point. Fair point. And he comes over and he just, he takes a knife and he spears a piece of your lamb shank, uh, Scalandor, and he takes a bite of it. Ugh, tastes like shit. <laughs> anyway, there's something weird about this place. I think we should get out of here. Did you see anyone outside? Uh, no. What are you talking about? Nothing. Something was weird. I think I'm misremembering now. Wait, I thought we were supposed to come here. Yeah, supposed so to come why? here and wait for me. Anyway, where's, uh, where's, uh, well, shit, I don't Bior? Bior's right there, what are you, what Who are you, are talking, you talking about? about? Uh, I don't know, I felt like there was somebody, ah, uh, it doesn't matter, let's get going. It seems like everybody here has some kind of, like, brain fog. 
Ah, uh, well, you get up this high in the mountains and that kind of thing happens. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Where's Decrum? Decrum is... Wasn't Decrum with us at some point? Decrum, yeah, he was He was with us until that fight. He'll show up, I'm sure. What fight? What are you... The fight with the ogres. Oh, yeah, right, the ogres. What killed... Anyway. Something is weird. Something is very strange. Yeah, well... Um, the way I take it, if there's something strange, we should just get the hell out of here. But right away. away. Right away. Take your food with. Let's go. <sighs> he marches out the door. Does he notice Beor's arm is gone? <laughs> if he did, he didn't say anything. Okay. I leave without paying. <laughs> <laughs> As you guys exit the tavern, you notice now it's night. Like, deep into the night. You thought you remembered it being late afternoon when you entered, but maybe you were in there longer than you thought? It just seems a little too dark out here. It's the mountains. <laughs> you keep using that as an excuse, but... I don't know, I'm never usually up here this high. Anyway, quit your belly aching, let's get going. And he starts, and uh, uh, Primgar starts marching forward. Rukash, give me a charisma save. <laughs> Uh, 23. 23. You hear this strange sound. It's a very pleasant sound. And in Draconic, you can just hear, Ruka, Ruka, Ruka. Hello, Ruka. And you see about 20 feet away from you is like this tree. You don't remember it being there before. (laughs) I look around at everybody to see if they noticed it. You realize that everyone is about 40 or 50 feet away from you now. Uh, I'm going to approach the tree. Alright, you approach the tree. The rest of you are you You continue on and, and uh, Primgar looks looks around at you guys He sa- and he looks at you specifically, uh, Darin and he he's like, he looks kind of secretive and he um, points to this little alleyway. Let's go over there. I think, uh, I think now it's time for, uh, for us to open that chest. Wait, I Do thought... Do we notice that Rukash is gone? Who's Rukash? <laughs> it's just been you guys. Everyone's here. I Wait. thought I was supposed to take the <laughs> Why is the, the dungeon chest master the lying to way? me? <laughs> you do. But we're going to open it right now. I thought it was a secret. It is. So don't tell anybody. Wait. Wait, do you know what's in here? I do. Then why do, why do you have to look? Gotta check on something. Why? I don't remember paying you to question me. Is it alive? Now, turn your back so I can open up this chest. Can I take it off? Sure. Okay, I put it on the ground. And he, like, starts fiddling with the, the locks there. I'm peeking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Roll a, roll a perception check, everyone. Except for Rukash. Who's Rukash? Who's Rukash? <laughs> exactly. Eleven. Four. All right. Uh, all you guys are focused on is this chest. And as the top is lifted, a dim blue light ekes out and that's where we're going to end for the night 
Oh, shit. Hmm. <laughs> Jules, we good? <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Stay tuned for the spinoff series, Rukash and the Tree. <laughs> <laughs> Rukash and the Tree and his little homunculus and his little bitty robot man. Rukash and the Tree. Tree, 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 tree. Uh, mm, 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 it's a really bad mm. song. We're workshopping it. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's the final version. <laughs> Who's Rukash the song? The tree. <laughs> All right. So uh, in lieu of, uh, of experience or anything like that. We're going to do Milestone, and everybody is going to uh, ascend to level 16. Rukash and the tree. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll all uh, advance to level 16 for this. So, far in uh, in, in the mountains, about maybe 500 feet away in the shadows, a lumbering shape begins to emerge. Slowly, making its way towards the village of Placet, <laughs> Postledney. I forgot <laughs> how it was <laughs> of Postledney, and you can hear. Well, if those that would be around could hear, they would hear like a <laughs> a weird, strange laughter as a new member of the group approaches. Well, sorry there's not going to be an MVPC, but you guys can vote if you want uh, to, to talk. Well, not really vote. How about you guys tell me uh, what, uh, what's going on in your mind? After I don't know. I'm one. forgetting everything. Uh, I'm, so far, I'm happy that the character I made hasn't died because I have liked playing them. I like their uh, abilities, and I like how he's not a nice dude or (laughs) at all really caring of other people's livelihoods. So I think that was fun. Yeah. What do you guys, the rest of you like about your character? If anything, (laughs) I like a positive attitude. I do. Do you feel better in general? (laughs) Just like forcing yourself to be positive. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta fake it to make it. Uh, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> Self-hate, very uh, on, on brand. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see what happens in the second half of this. Um, what's going on? Why is this uh, relevant to the world? I think you'll find out. But uh, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Already, yeah, maybe. We'll see. It depends on what you guys do. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll find out uh, the next week's episode. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this little glimpse into uh, Starry Shrum, those of you listening. Once again, make sure that you like and subscribe to all of our social media under penalty of death. Um, if you are interested... <laughs> we will literally kill you. Uh, we will. The ring rules. Now that you've listened to this, you have seven days to like our profiles and share this episode. Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to get you. We're going to come out of our speakers and, uh, in your car and we're going to eat you. <laughs> come out of your speakers just like climb out of one of the little the tiny <laughs> holes we, we get stuck on the febreze thing on the vent just, <laughs> <laughs> this car smells great now it's time to die uh but yeah so uh thanks uh thanks for listening all of you and check out our patreon patreon.com slash d20 underscore syndicate uh see what things we have to offer uh consider making us a warlock and consider uh rating our 
podcast, especially on iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you think we deserve it. Um, even if you don't, just, you know, think about that. Just do it. Why not? Thanks to Chad Piper for that awesome intro song. Thanks to Adrian Von Ziegler for this beautiful background music. And once again, thanks to all of you listeners. We couldn't do this without you. We enjoy this. Uh, keep listening. Keep liking, keep subscribing, and keep commenting Bodega on our social media. We love seeing that out in the wild. Uh, until next week, I am your host and DM, Seth, and this is the D20 Syndicate Podcast, where we go on adventures so you don't have to. Bye. Bye. Stomach hurts. Use it for your art. <laughs> no. <laughs> I went to get some coffee this morning <laughs> and I saw this billboard. We have a billboard in town that like switches, you know, it's one of the digital ones. By and the old Hollywood video. Yeah. Oh, I about it. Yeah. So <laughs> I was at the stoplight and one of the one of the slides said the loosest slots in Iowa. <laughs> and I'm, That's a popular Whoa. one. I'm no Whoa. copywriter, but I feel like they could have done a better job on that. <laughs> like, how could you get better than that? They did. What that does that even? What does that even imply, really? Oh, I think you know. <laughs> I'm it hoping. means that the. I mean, it's they, the, the slots are dumping coin. Yeah, that it pays out. Don't you put out into the, the slot like that? You're yeah, you put in so you can get out. Exactly. <laughs> or get off. Do I need to explain how slot machines work? What's really <laughs> weird was that it wasn't even a casino. <laughs> it was a nursing oh. home. Oh. <laughs> yeah, now we're in danger territory. Yeah. What are the slots? Yeah. <laughs> I think we should uh. change uh, Veldelin's slogan to the loosest slots in Argaria. <laughs> yeah, it's very it was very weird i only like cold loose meat sandwiches ew <laughs> what's wrong with you you're off the podcast <laughs> like even if you hold that opinion why would you express it to us <laughs> something you take to your grave withdrawn <laughs> damn sustained next you're gonna complain about how i like my crunch berries hot <laughs> I mean that one's understandable Okay that's a lot to unpack We don't have enough time in this episode for that Do you ever color Gorble like at home on accident? All the time Just in bed <laughs> There it is Like when I was waiting sleep. for it <laughs> Good night Gorble God damn it Gorble quit choking me <laughs> <laughs> uh.